a scrappy little nerd. Uh, Ish is just a pretty rich boy. Um, <laughs> but I he's think they get along. He's an iPad kid. He is absolutely. <laughs> that's he's literally. That's, that's what his a, whole introduction. Zhechen, <laughs> <laughs> check out this new YouTuber. <laughs> um, <laughs> Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm Farrell. And this week, we talk mechas and love triangles with the 2021 science fantasy novel Iron Widow. Before we draw a hundred inevitable comparisons to the Poppy War, remember you can help us on Mortify the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, setting up for a monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla... Aaron. We just love talking about mechs, don't we? Ah, God, we fucking love mechs, dude. Especially if those mechs are powered by love. Mwah! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even last week we talked about big god mechas in uh, Xenosaga 3. Uh, famously Pacific Rim, we both enjoyed very much. Um, but now we are combining uh, my favorite book, The the Poppy War, um, with the, the Pacific Rim, you know, mecha style, you know, partner mech shit um with uh author um uh, shun j zhao's uh debut novel uh, iron widow um it's uh how'd you feel about it i needed i needed like an hour of calm down time between finishing it this morning and uh now i needed to chill out and we'll talk about why excellent good uh and with that stunning review Uh, Let's just do the plot summary. So, um, Iron Widow uh, takes place in the land of uh, Wuxia, uh, which is basically like uh, fantasy medieval China. Um, And basically, the government is uh, like very oppressive and very patriarchal. um, And they have to fight big robot alien bugs um, called the Wind Winds. And basically, the way that they do that is with these big mechas. Um, which they call chrysalises, um, and in order to pilot a chrysalis, you need two people, uh, a man and a woman, um, and basically, like, the vast majority of the time when a man pilots uh, a chrysalis, it kills the woman partner because of, you know, their chi being too powerful, their spirit pressure, um, and so, like, there's a system where you sign up to be, you know, a concubine, quote-unquote, um, basically the female pilot, of a male, um, you know, uh, you know, with with a male pilot, and you know, you basically, you accept that you're going to be killed. Um, and this book starts with um, the sister of the protagonist um, being dying in one of these chrysalises, um, killed by by a shitty uh, pilot guy. Um, and that's how we meet uh, Wu Zotian. Um, Zotian is uh, basically like you know, like kind of a spitfire, like very sick of all this patriarchal bullshit um, and signs up to be a concubine pilot uh, in order to get close to the guy who killed her sister so she can actually kill him. And that would be pretty chill, um, she thinks. Um, But her best friend, uh, Ije, is like this pretty rich boy who is in love with her, doesn't want her to go, um, but she goes anyway. Um, Basically, you know, she, she goes, she drives in the chrysalis, 
uh she she meets the guy and and for a second she's like oh maybe he's not so bad but then he turns out to be a real jerk um so she overpowers him takes over the chrysalis from the inside uh and kills him um and then she drives the chrysalis uh, and everybody in the uh washia government is like that that poses a problem so they pair her with uh li shiming uh, known as the Iron Demon, uh, who is um, also like these are all like 18, 19 year olds for the record. Um, we love we love a teenage mecha pilot, um, but like uh, Shimming is called the Iron Demon because he murdered his whole family, um, and they force him to drive the Vermilion Bird, which is like the biggest, scariest mech ever, and he's like the strongest person ever since the the Great Emperor, basically. Um, and they're like, okay, yeah, this this you know this the Iron Demon's gonna kill this lady uh but he doesn't um and they like become partners and they sort of fall in love but also uh her pretty boy rich friend isha shows up and they he like acts as their strategist and coach kind of um and they you know start working together uh in order to kill the aliens and uh, also overthrow the government uh because the government is is bad um and basically they start working together um there's a lot of like uh gay vibes between um uh, Isha and Shiming, uh, but also Zotian and, and is in love with Isha and Shiming, uh, and she's like, ah, that sucks. I wish that I didn't have to choose uh, between these two boys. Um, and then she doesn't. She chooses both, uh, and that's where we get, you know, uh, at the very end, they all team up. They overthrow the government, uh, and there's like this big battle at the very end where they're gonna kill the final um, win-win, like not the final win-win, but like one of the biggest ones that like overthrew like this province that that uh, Zotian used to live in um and i don't know if she used to live in in that province actually but and anyway point is it's the province her ancestors are from yes thank you um but you know she she gets ambushed by a bunch of um other mech pilots that are like pro government and they're like we got to take you out so um shiming sacrifices himself um and and fights you know drives the vermilion bird alone um and Zotian, in her you know desperation, finds the legendary emperor, who has been like sitting in a volcano. I want to say for like five thousand years. Um, anyway, she wakes him up. He's got a big mech there. Uh, she's like, "All right, idiot, get in the girl's seat." Uh, because it turns out um, the reason that women have been being sacrificed is because they power down the girls' seats in the mechs. So that way, you know, like I- either way, because like men and women. Actually, their spirit pressures are about the same, um, but because this is a misogynistic um, and patriarchal society, they're like, oh, we would rather keep the boys around than the women. Um, so they power the women's seats, um, seats down so that way you know, they're more likely to die um, in in this, like, mecha thing, um, which which sucks. So she makes him sit in that. Uh, she sits in the, the boys' chair. She drives the big dragon. She kills the wind winds, and then she goes and uh, takes over the government, which is very funny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she and um, Isha take over the government. Uh, and at the very end, um, you know, she, she becomes the, the Iron Empress or whatever. And it's revealed that um, they were actually not on Earth the whole time. They were on a different planet and the uh, Windwinds were actually aliens. Uh, and humans uh, were the colonizers um, and are bad. And also, uh, Shiming's actually alive and being held by the Heavenly Council. Uh, that's That bit's weird. We'll talk about the, the end uh, in a bit, but yeah, that's how Iron Widow, uh, you know, that's, that's the story of Iron Widow. Um, 
Yeah. It's not even that the girl seats are powered down. It's that the women's seats take a passive absorption of key so that they are not even really piloting the fucking mech. They are batteries for the men. And the only way a woman will survive an encounter is if she is stronger than the man in the pilot seat. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bad, the government bad. That is some fucked, that is some real shit, unfortunately, but it is also some fucked shit. <laughs> um, it's evil Pacific Rim, basically. Um, but, like, you know, obviously that comes from, you know, the, you know, uh, recent iterations in the, or I say recent, I mean, like, the 20th century, you know, one-child policy and, and the ways in which, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say Chinese, but, like, you know, we live in a society that is still wildly, wildly patriarchal across the world. Um, so, you know, all societies are, you know, do not value their women as highly as their men, unfortunately. Uh, so, like, that's where that comes from. And uh, you can definitely tell that the author is a little bit uh, uh, upset about that, you could say. Misogyny is universal. Like, the <laughs> yeah. details of the ways in which uh, Zotian experienced misogyny are are very specific right the binding of the feet that sense of betrayal that like her grandmother was the person who bound her feet when she was five for the first time and now uh it's like walking on knives every time she walks um but it's a pain that she's so used to that it really almost never gets brought up other than being introduced it's just the way she lives um and, you know, there's some other, like, culturally specific and, and kind of universe-specific ways in which she experiences sexism. But, like, page for page, I relate to almost everything Zetian has gone through. It is, it is an experience that is so specifically close to shit people have said to me and shit people have done to me and corners i've been forced into that every page i was like no be gay do crimes this is what you deserve finally snap you deserve to somebody called her an unhinged bitch and i was like exactly wouldn't you be wouldn't you go ape shit if this was you Anyway, let's talk about Zotian. I love yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> why don't you uh, read the uh, character descriptor on uh, Sharon J. Zhao's website? <clears throat> Inspire inspired by the historical Wu Zexian, the only female emperor in Chinese history, uh, pilot of various mecha, ain't nothing to fuck with, uses a cane or wheelchair because foot binding, uh, parentheses, a creative liberty for thematic reasons, comma, not historically accurate, didn't get any sleep because of the patriarchy. Patriarchy not going to get any sleep because of her. Looks like she could kill you, would actually kill you. Yeah, no. Um, the entire time I, I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is Rin from Poppy War. Like, this is, you know, uh, a young uh, woman who has been uh, abused uh, by historical and, you know, um, patriarchal and class-based um you know, hierarchies, uh, and is like, oh, now that I have power, I will use this power to hurt people, uh, and is very thrilled about that. Um, 
yeah, and I, you know, I, I loved Rin in the Poppy War. Uh, I love uh, Zotian here in, in Iron Widow. I think we need more villain protagonists. Um, that's why I write books with them. Yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if I would draw draw that direct of a parallel to Rin from the Poppy War, only because um, Rin from the Poppy War makes uh, strategic terrible decisions uh Zutian throws spaghetti at a wall and then goes oh that didn't work okay we're trying this other thing now <laughs> whoopsie doops oh you mean walking up to the most powerful uh princess general in in the army uh didn't work because uh, she's jealous that her boyfriend wants to fuck me oopsie doops okay new plan uh we're gonna do a different thing now i'm gonna talk to uh my boyfriend's dad yeah that should work <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she's just a lot more, um, not, uh, Rin is chaotic, destructive, um, Zutian is just chaotic. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I, I do love, you know, I love, I think that you can tell that Zutian is, is a little bit, uh, less experienced, even though those two protagonists are about the same age. Um, you can definitely tell that that Zotian is is really just kind of like grasping at vines and, and just swinging wherever. Um, especially in like the first scene when she's like, "Oh, I don't know why I'm in this like yin yang realm, um, but I can see through this pilot's memories. I can see that he did his weird uh, shit to like all the other girls that he's killed. Um, what if I just fucking stab him to death? Uh, oh, oh, I guess I'm uh, piloting the the Nightdale Fox now. This is wild." Um, you know, and then like she does the thing that's like, you know, I'm I am your nightmare, uh, you know, in front of like the whole like media. And it's like, oh oh, it's I, I understand the vibes are immaculate, but girl <laughs> um, I mean, she's just a cringy little goth. Yeah, exactly. It's really and funny. You have to respect it. <laughs> mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. living her truth. Yes. Um Asia, yeah. my angel. I mean, yeah. it, is he an angel? I don't know. I no, think he's, he's got those tattoos. Crime. What does that mean? I, I don't know. We'll find out in book two coming out spring 2023. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, what, Isha is like, there's a lot of focus on his skincare routine, which is very funny. Uh, babe, uh, drop the routine. He's got a four step lip exfoliating routine, which I think is very funny because um, I don't know if you know this about me. I used to be deep into beauty YouTube. Really? Um, like I used to bottom lash mascara was something that used to be on like my wish list. I I had drawers of makeup. It was it was untenable. Actually, it was it was quite a lot. Um and to this day, like a lot of my my female presenting friends or, or my friends who are interested in, in, in cosmetics um, will still go to me for advice. And I can still kind of whip out that knowledge. But like when I read four step lip exfoliating routine, I went right back to that brain. And I was like, babe, you only need the two. Exfoliate, moisturize. That's all you need. Four is a lot, sweetheart. <laughs> you're, you're just doing it for fun now. <laughs> But there's a there's a really good uh, moment where um, uh, Shiming is is talking to uh, Zetian. <laughs> She's like, well, "What do you what do you think of Isha?" And he goes, "He's really nice and he's really kind and really strong. And his skin is just so porcelain. Like, what? How does he do?" And <laughs> I was like, "Babe, 
<laughs> exactly. How do you do it? Drop the routine. What moisturizers are we using? What combination of exfoliants are we doing chemical? Are we doing physical? Are we doing a combo of both? Are there AHAs, BHAs? What's up? Drop the routine. And I, I mean, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a, an extra in book two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, this is um, who's Rin's nerdy little friend in in Poppy War. Uh, Kite, my love. Kite, yes. Uh, this is you know same like ner- nerdy little. Uh, Kite's a little bit more of a a scrappy little nerd. Uh, Isha's just a pretty rich boy. Uh, <laughs> but I he's think they get along. He's an iPad kid. He is absolutely. <laughs> that's he's actually, literally that's <laughs> that's his a, whole introduction. Zhechen, <laughs> <laughs> check out this new YouTuber. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, that's that's his whole deal. But like, he has a really shitty dad, and like, he there's like it's hinted that he has like a weird crime family background, and like, it, it, none of it's explained. Um, but you know, I well, like him. He's he's basically like a, a the good son of like a Rupert Murdoch. Uh, yeah. That's I, that's you know, I would feel comfortable driving that. I I don't know I who like Rupert the... Murdoch is. I I know oh. I've heard the name, but I don't know who he is. A Republican media mogul. Oh, gross. Yeah. Um whatchamacallit? I love I love to live in the universe where Zetian just ruins his YouTube algorithm. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I wanted to get more skincare recommendations. This is all like what is patriarchy? What is gender transition? Like <laughs> it's just it's like good. aggressive boxing videos, mm-hmm. self defense, how to make a shank out of a hairpin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and of course, we get our Iron Demon, uh, Li Shiming, um, who, um, he's actually more like Kite, um, in that he's just a big idiot, who's, a, he's like a nerd, but like, is, uh, he, I don't know, I guess he's not like Kite at all, right? I don't want to draw too many Poppy War comparisons, actually, but like, he, he's a big nerd, but like, he is made to present as very scary and terrifying, uh, because of his backstory, and I love him so much. He's not a nerd. He's an art school hoe. Excuse me? It's a very specific type of nerd. He's an art school hoe. He does beautiful calligraphy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that shit. Studies between his boxing matches. The boy's got an aesthetic, all right? I think my favorite descriptor of him is when he gets his glasses back, which are described as, like, thick Coke bottle glasses because bitch is blind. Mm -hmm. Zotan's just, like, watching him, and she's like... The first time he's not scowling, and then she thinks about it for a second. She goes, "Oh my god, he was never scowling. He was squinting because he's blind." <laughs> it's really funny, and the reason that they took away his glasses is, of course, because he shattered them and used the shards to murder people, uh, which is extremely cool. Um, we love, we love shimming, um, and that feral quality is also what makes him an art school <laughs> Yes, I suppose you would know. You would know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I really like Shiming. I, I really like the, um, like, he is immediately, like, down for Zotian in a way that is very both endearing um, and, like, make makes good character motivations. Like, he, he is immediately like, this is somebody I need to protect. This is somebody that, you know, I don't know that he gets around to, like, I, I am in love with Zotian um, for, for, you know, at least the first, you know, half of the book. But, like, he, he like, there's, like, other pilots who are talking shit about her, um, and he immediately starts, like, this big brawl in the lunchroom, and it takes, like, six grown men to hold him down, which I love. Um, and then, like, Zotian, uh helps out by, like, shooting a laser blast out of her arm at, like, uh, one of the, the shitty guys who's about to kill him. Um, and then he, like, the guy looks at her like, what? And she's like, I didn't do anything. 
or, or um, it's it's really good. No, that whole that whole scene is excellent. She also throws a lunch tray, I think. <laughs> um, yes. So I do need to read you uh, the descriptions for Isha and for, <laughs> for Shimon. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> Isha's is um, inspired by a variety of the historical Empress Wu's pretty boy lovers because she had like five of the same type. I'm not about to fill a duology with that many twinks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, doesn't pilot anything. He's just there. Bisexual legend. Superpower is being rich. Looks like a cinnamon roll would actually gleefully kill you. And for uh, Shimming, it's uh, uh, inspired by Emperor Taizong of Tang. Um, his, his descriptor has nerdy glasses bolded. So for all you fan artists, do not not include those unless he is squinting and, and scowling, in which case that's accurate characterization also. Pilot of the Vermilion Bird, because his historical counterpart once wrote a poem flexing about how he was a soaring phoenix. Literal death row inmate has to wear the ultimate fashion faux pas of orange jumpsuits. Bisexual beginner, looks like he could kill you, would indeed kill you, but would feel like really bad about it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I should also know, um, Shimming is, is biracial, right? He's, I, I don't remember the exact words, but my understanding is he's like the equivalent of half Chinese, half Mongol, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that is so. What, that was the impression Biracial I got. king. Yes, we, we stand a biracial king. Um, so, uh, shouts to Shimming. Uh, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite out of these three. They're actually all pretty great now that I'm remembering. Uh, for, for context, I listened to the audiobook like two months ago, so I'm a little bit rustier than Layla. Uh, they're also all my favorite. I cannot pick a favorite. You cannot make me, even though, uh, I relate to Zetian with every fiber of my old and exhausted being. Um, let's talk about some other characters that don't have quite great, so good descriptions, but basically they all, very few other characters don't suck. Um, I guess there's like the, 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 the pilot, there's like two, one or two other pilot like pairs that are actually pretty cool. But, like, everybody else is basically constantly trying to backstab the trio. Or front stab. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, it's stabs all around, let's, really. Let's talk about Young One first. I know he's b- closer to the bottom of the list, but, like, he is important because he overshadows the whole story. Uh, this is the pilot that killed Zotian's sister. Um, and, I mean, like, he, he is very useful because he is introduced in Act 1 solely to, like, uh, act as Zotian's like motivator to get her into the main plot of the story and also kind of t- typifies everything that is terrible about this society um like he he is introduced as like being like really handsome and kind and charming and like he he's like you know trying he like seducing Zotian and she's like oh is this this can't be the same guy who um you know murdered my sister he seems so nice and like he he has like these very he, he like asks about her and he's like oh you know you're you're like no other girl that I've met before um, and like he does all this very charming, um, you know, uh, what's the pickup artist shit essentially. <laughs> um, and then when she realizes that like they have to go fight, like they're about to fuck, and she's like, "Oh, this will be all right." Um, and then the alarm goes off, and he's like, "Sorry," and he like duct tapes her mouth shut and forces her to get into the the pilot's chair to uh, get in the robot Shinji. Yeah, yeah. Except like so much worse. Um, and then she decides to murder him and she like goes through his memories and sees sees that he does that shit to every single woman that he's you know killed in the in the in the nine-tailed fox and then she uh kills him and it's pretty cool listen 
Yagwan sucks, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I love a systematic king. Listen. I love I love the efficiency <laughs> with which he does this because she was going through his memories and it's verbatim yeah. the same shit he used on her and she's like oh my god and I'm just sitting here I'm like listen horrible criminal right awful but he had his lines down listen I, yeah I, I can respect it I respect a routine if I was a terrible misogynist mech pilot I would be doing the same thing. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than inventive misogyny. You know? Yeah, no, no. You stick to a rule book. I, I like boring and predictable. That's that's what I like about Young One. Glad he died horribly. I also really love um, that. Uh, so we get introduced to Asia, and he's very like. It's very. He's like a painting of a boy. You know what I mean? Like he's very. Uh, f- first of all, Zotian found him meditating, and her first instinct was that he was so pretty she attacked him. And. <laughs> amazing and he was like i'll be back for this (laughs) and for three years every month he would come visit her um but i like that as soon as she was like i'm enlisting in the army i'm gonna kill this bitch and then i'm gonna die and it's gonna be fine because i at least he will be dead fuck that guy he killed my sister and like yes he's just like oh my god no i'm gonna marry you i'm gonna take you away from this we don't have to do this but the other thing i like that he says is we'll find some other way to kill him yeah, no, like, that's that hints at his, like, dark underside. He's like, no, we can, I know people. I'm wealthy. <laughs> I'm rich. So, so, you understand, I'm a rich person. My world is different. Uh, yeah, so, so, I, yeah, so, uh, rip to, rip to an organized legend. <laughs> he served as an excellent set of purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, uh, Isha's riches, let's talk about his dad, uh, Gao, Gao I think. Uh, Gaucha, I think. Gaucha. Uh, but, like, yeah. Um, I mean, he sucks. He, like, sucks ass. He, like you said, you know, like, gross media mogul who likes to exploit young women. Like, ugh. Okay, there's a very specific Gaucho line that I want to talk about. Or a very specific exchange she has with uh, Zotian because it, I had to, like, take a breath. I had to take a second. And it was when he has her in his office, um... And, like, is his whole leverage is he wants her to read their contract aloud on video, stripped nude. And um, Zetian is sitting there. She's, like, trying to get out of it. She's like, I don't want to do this. This is very uncomfortable. This is making me, like, I hate this. This is bad. Um, and eventually, um, she does come to the realization that like oh no he's trying to shame me that's that's his weapon he wants to use shame to get me to comply and even though she stops herself from feeling ashamed about her body she still is like but it's still wrong that he's trying to do this to me and the fucked up thing he says to her is when she's just like i'm a virgin like i don't understand why you're trying to shame me I haven't fucked your son. I haven't fucked the pilot I'm supposed to be marrying. I haven't done anything. So I don't understand why you're trying to brand me a whore and use it against me. And he says, oh, you haven't slept with them? That's worse. Mother fucker. Aaron, what is a bitch supposed to do in this world? If you don't put out that's worse than being a whore, but being a whore is bad? Like, what? I've heard that shit. Exactly, right? That's the thing is that like, it's terrible, but it's also like, oh yeah, that's just how people are sometimes to women. 
go to a high school. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe exactly. Not, maybe not anymore. But I used to sit in rooms where we would shame other girls for putting out or for not putting out. There was not a concrete railroad. There was not a set of rules in which we were like, oh, of uh, 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 Madonna or whore. Like there's, a, or, sorry, there's a two of the same things, virgin or whore. Like there was no guideline in which a person was of an acceptable sexuality. You were just always judged, and it's the worst when other women do to each other. But it sucks even more when it's a person in a position of power over you. And man, it made me so mad. I don't know if you can tell. I just, every five minutes, like, it felt like, it felt like just like the fourth wall was broken and somebody was looking at me dead in the eye and going, hey, some fucked shit, isn't it? Well, like, you wish this was fiction. Exactly, right? Like, he even says, like, what she asks, like, Gaucho, why do you hate women so much? And he's like, don't be ridiculous. The world wouldn't function without women who would bear our children, make our meals, sew our clothes, warm our beds, and so, so much more. Please, nobody in this world hates women in general. They just hate the ones who won't listen, who think they can break the rules and get away with it. Which is just code for I hate women. I like the purpose that this system makes women serve. Right? That's the thing. When you ask, you know, what's a bitch to do? The answer is submit. Right? And that's that's patriarchy, baby. Over my dead fucking body. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's the whole purpose of this book. <laughs> I've gone ape shit. I am, I am post-snapping uh, Zatian. <laughs> Which is a conversation we had in DMs, because you were very surprised by my very strong reaction to this book. Yeah, but I didn't think you would like it this much. <laughs> well, it's because you've only met me post-snap. Yeah, no, your hair has always been bleached white and flames have been coming off of your body as long as I've known you. Um, I, yeah, ne- I never met you before Frieza, yeah. Oh, I was very submissive. I was a doormat. I was very submissive. I was very, like... I, you know, you could do anything to me, basically, the first 20 years of my life. And then and then somewhere, like, late college, I was like, actually, I think I'm going to do violence now. I've <laughs> been like this ever since. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, Sima Yi, and, uh, well, Anushan is, like, a villain, right? Like, flat out a villain. So, Anushan's the mean general, and Sima Yi is the good general that turns on them, right? Quote unquote good. Good yeah. until they outlive their use, yeah. Yes, exactly. That Sumai is the one that, that hurt the most for me. I was like, oh no, I can't believe he's the one who betrayed them because but like of course he of course he was, because that's how stories work. But like uh I, I really like because he was the one who made uh Zotian and uh Shiming do like skating drills, and like I thought that was really cute. Yeah, Sumai also hurt Sumai hurt more than uh Mashuying because Mashuying I I smelled. I knew that bitch was going to turn. But Simoye, I was like, I think he would also be in camp, would kill you, would feel would feel bad about it, but apparently not that bad about it. So. No, listen, once you get to a certain level, once you get a certain level of paycheck from the government, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, right. And how did you feel about uh, Dugu Cello, our, our mean queen, our prom um, queen? I mean, I love I love a mean woman. This is known. Um, this is known. And I, I just like, like, at first I was like, wow, I can't believe she's being so mean to Zotian. But, um, you know, I, I don't remember what, what the turning point is, but I know that she turns around and, like, starts becoming, like, like saves them in the end. Uh, it's when uh, uh, Masha Ying convinces um, Zotian to move her family to the nice city. And... Uh... <laughs> 
Tsuga Challenge is like, this is going to bite you in the ass in the end. And then it, when it does bite Zatanna in the ass, she's like, well, here it is, biting me in the ass. Ah, my ass, it's in pain. Um, Yeah, no, that's a good. Yes, because her terrible family, you know, uh, Ying is like, um, like, yeah, you you know, you got to give everybody a chance. And I was like, yeah, this is working for me because I, I would also absolutely fall for this. Um, And like, uh, I do love that uh, Chilo is um, just like, no, don't listen there's a reason that you you volunteered for this don't be a a fucking pushover um and i love that uh i she's great (laughs) the heavenly council are just guys right like there's no way they're not just dudes right my prediction is that they're they're space britons interesting Right, just because again to draw the poppy war comparison, like the big bag in the poppy war is the 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 British Empire, right? Um, and I mean, right, there, there's already the Mongols um, in the universe of um, Iron Widow, right? And they're not evil. Um, so then the next big existential threat for China is, of course, the um, colonization. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I I suspect that they are oh, actually they might not be space Britons. They're probably space Americans also. <laughs> <laughs> maybe um i i really don't think they're white people i think they're just i think they're just dudes um because i mean if we're talking well i guess if we're talking about systems of oppression colonization is a pretty big one huh yeah but, uh and we have had some touches with colonization but like i don't know the heavenly council i don't know maybe it is Interesting. That's a new seed that's been planted in my head. But there's no way they're gods, is what I'm saying. Like no. these are definitely just dudes. No, no, no. I mean, I I didn't think about that until you wrote in the outline. But like, no, that makes much more sense, right? Because um, gods don't write ransom notes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Why no. would a or or what was it? <laughs> I was trying. To, <laughs> I started thinking of a quote, and it was like, oh, what drama am I thinking of that this? Because the quote is, gods don't bleed. And I'm like, oh, what metal fucking thing? Wrote to El Dorado. <laughs> Wrote to El Dorado fucked, though. That's a good, that's a, a, a complicated, you know, problematic, but, you know, back in 2001, great flick. We watched uh, The Prince of Egypt last night um, for, for Passover uh, in, in one of my Discord channels. And early 2000s Dreamworks was metal as hell. Is all I have to say. I miss I miss that shit. Late nineties, early two thousand three. We're yeah, just some no, metal they, shit going on. Yeah, they're all all white people in Prince of Egypt, but like, uh, great, great music. I do find you can really hear Steve Martin and Martin Short <laughs> yes. now that I know. <laughs> yes, the two uh, priests. Yeah, no, that was like and Sandy Bullock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was like the fourth Bible Boys that we ever did was on Prince of Egypt. Um, if you want to check that out, but uh, yeah, no, um, I, I just I you know maybe that's because I have fucking I I hate England brain um, because of, yeah, rightfully so uh, you know reasons. But um, I, I just think that like if, if we are going to follow these themes of colonization, right, and and people who have been you know people who are colonizers oppressing other people, I think it makes sense for the Heavenly Council to be um you know some form of oppressive force back on earth because it seems like earth does exist in this universe so we'll figure that out uh you know next year but um i do want to i wonder if we can transition into from this into one of my talking points um which is like so there are a couple of things that didn't work for me in this book um they're pretty minor but this is one of them which is like the ending is very abrupt i felt 
right like and and i think the reason for that is is that the you know the publisher is like hey we'll buy this book but we need it to be a trilogy um so you know i think uh uh Shao was like um okay i'll just you know they did what I would have done uh, in this case, which is like write, you know, a couple thousand words uh, to just tack there on onto the end and be like, okay, um, let me draw these threads from here, and you know, now there's aliens, and I'm like, you know what, completely fine, right? It, it didn't work for me especially much. I, I would much have preferred a, a one shot where, uh, you know, Shiming dies and there's stakes, um, but like, it's fine. It's completely fine. You know, it's just I, I had wished maybe maybe a little bit more exploration into that i don't know how did you feel about the ending um it reminded me a lot of ender's game which is a pretty good book as far as i remember written by a really terrible person um and in the sense that like that was the big twist in ender's game right it was like oh you're playing a video game to get tested for the military but it's actually the real war Ooh, mm-hmm. and you destroyed all these aliens oh no and the aliens are actually the good guys oh like it felt like that but um it I agree with you in the sense that I thought it was rushed, but the twisted considering I think that that uh, Pacific Rim is like one of the best comparisons you could you could draw for the Iron Widow because um, subtlety is not a thing. Um, the robots are powered by love. All the emotions are really big. Um, you know, it's it, it's all kind of ridiculous in like a fun way um you know we keep drawing comparisons to the poppy war the poppy war was a book about war um iron widow was almost a workplace comedy happening during a war <laughs> so um having the ending be that sudden i mean like yeah it, it was sudden but i i wasn't it it felt appropriate to the tone of the book yes i think that's fair right it it wasn't like a whiplash um you know it wasn't it wasn't entirely out of left field and it was set up well enough that like it's it's kind of a minor nitpick um the other other thing that didn't work for me um i guess is like the big dragon emperor like again set up in in beginning with in young ones like um like room um and i was like oh that's gonna come back later obviously like because because he just straight up says like yeah no they he had the most powerful mech ever and nobody could find you know nobody ever found it again i was like okay that's that's gonna you know that they're that they're putting the big fucking dragon up on the wall um and you know it was fine and but it was just you know i i thought it was a little deus ex machina uh, like literally like a a god machine showing up and, and solving your problems but again uh it's fine um, the the biggest criticism I actually have is just that Shiming, um, right? It's revealed that he is an alcoholic. That's one of his big problems in the beginning of the book. Is that like he, you know, um, Azotian doesn't like him because like he's got all these alcohol bottles all over his room and like he he can't really function without alcohol. Um, and she's like, wow, I hate this guy so much. He you know gets drunk and kills women in his robot. And it's revealed that um, the military has been making him um, drink like like forcing him to drink alcohol like putting a funnel in his mouth and making him drink alcohol and that's how he got addicted and i think that's a little it's a little bit of a cop-out i feel i feel like it would make him a much more interesting character if like he just because of his trauma and you know the hardships that he faced in his life you know became an alcoholic because i think that would you know that actually lends uh 
you know, I don't want to say like it's his fault, right? Because alcoholism is a disease. But like when you just say like, oh, the government made you have an addiction, like I feel like that's a little bit, um, I feel like that's less interesting than if the addiction just happened like it does in the real world. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It, it did feel quite, um, I think it would have been one thing if he started drinking on his own and then was starting to recover and then they force fed him more alcohol to get him to relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have done the same thing, but still, still had him be the initiator of his vices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I agree with you. It was, it was a little bit, again, like there were just portions of this book that it does feel like the publisher really uh, uh, interrupted something that was maybe longer and some threads had to be kind of rewoven in different ways. Um because I felt like that about the ending. I felt like that about this. The Emperor thing, too. Like, it felt like something that could have come later. Um, but had to come now to give, like, some impetus to the start of the second book. Um, yeah. But I agree with you. Like, these are all relatively minor things. But but they, they do stick out. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, that that that's the thing. Like, I, I think that, you know... I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to criticize, you know, choices or characters in in any media. Right? That's, that's why we do this podcast is to talk about choices and, you know, examine why they do and don't work um, for us and, and maybe why they work in the story. And that's one thing I was wondering is, like, do you do you think that that's, this is just because of the genre of YA that, like, these things are, you know, maybe they feel rushed to us. Maybe they feel like they, they could have been a little bit more nuanced, but, like, because of the genre that this book is written— um, you know, maybe, maybe it's more excusable or like, like we were talking about, like, do you think that like the cartoonishness of, of this book in, in something, maybe not cartoonishness, but like they were talking about big feelings, uh, maybe like the big elements in this book. Like, do you think that's why like all these big swings are fine? You know, <laughs> uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering if like, it's a taste thing, I guess. Like I don't consume that much YA media. And I'm just wondering if, like, maybe I'm I'm coming at it from my very particular lens. I think it is definitely a taste thing. This has been, a, a, as much as you loving mean women, this has also been a theme. I am much more open to things geared at younger audiences. Maybe, I don't know, because I worked in animation, maybe just, I, I honestly just probably have worse taste. Um, I don't think that's true. I do a whole other podcast that's watching terrible, terrible media, so. That's true, um, but... Yeah, I think it is a taste thing. I think I think you have always skewed towards more nuanced, more complicated, uh, more mature uh, uh, types of media. <laughs> the reason I like Poppy War more than this is because there were more tactical battles, is the actual answer. Yeah, because you're a fucking chess <laughs> nerd. Because I love chess and I love real-time strategy games is the problem with me. Yeah, um. this, is a, this is a Civ Six motherfucker. Like, let's not... Meanwhile... <laughs> I am currently recording this podcast in kitty ear headphones. That's true. Um, yeah, but like, uh, you know, I was trying to get into, you know, big feelings, cartoonishness because of this thing we talked about in our DMs, which is like, you know, um, there sometimes Zotian just spells it out for the reader and it's like, oh, huh, when you put it that way. Yeah, she does. And I love that about her. Like there's, um, I also really like, um, Zotian really gets at the core of of how I find a lot of um, uh, young, 
I'm gonna say young women because I'm saying people raised as women like before we you know whether or not we decide that that label no longer applies um that a lot of like girls and young women um go through which is you when you start asking why people don't tend to like that um you know there's always questions of like oh well you're supposed to look a certain way and i'll just go why and it's because you're supposed to okay but why well because you're just supposed to be pleasing to men okay but why why does it fucking matter if a dude looks at me and goes yeah i'd put a baby in that like why and nobody ever had a good answer for me and then the opposite thing is you know when um for example um like uh i can't even think of anything but like like anything i would use to rebel or anything i do for my own well-being or, or any way i try to live my life i usually have a concrete reason so when people ask me like well why are you doing this i can tell you why i'm doing it because i've thought about it and zetian does the same thing she actually she spells that out she's like you have to just keep asking why and the funny do i have a quote yeah so she literally says um how did I not ask that crucial wait why for so long? And that is the thing. Like you get taught not to ask why. You get to taught just to just to kind of be. And I think that's why the uh, this is actually a good transition for talking about the way the mechs are structured in terms of being like a like a very accurate parallel for for patriarchy because um uh, um when she's talking to um, uh, Isha's dad, I think, or no, sorry, when she's talking to An Lushen uh, uh, about the fact that the girl seats are just made to be batteries for the boy pilots, um, basically he says that the boys are afraid and that's why it has to be this way. They're afraid of dying at battle. And she says, you don't think girls are afraid? And he says, girls know how to sacrifice. Yeah. And so the way that the, uh, the there's yin and yang seats and uh, the um, unfortunately I've forgotten which ones which in terms of the, the uh, masculine yin energy. is for um, women I think and yang is for, for men because like yin right. is, is cold and like yang is hot so but you know when right. you when you look at that symbol there's a dot of one in the other right always and that's how their um armor is coded as well mm -hmm. like their padding is the opposite color of whatever the color that they're assigned to is so it's like white with uh white with black elbow and knee guards or, or black with white elbow and knee guards um and the thing about zotian is that she also has this moment of like well what if i don't want to have a baby like what if i don't want to do all these feminine things i just want to be is that fucking cool with y'all like i just want to be a person i don't relate to the conventions of, of femininity all the time and you know she starts asking these questions of like okay well one why do the girls have to do all this fuck shit and two the thing is that, you know, they're always taught that that's how the robots are built. But again, you go back to that that thing of asking why. Why were the robots built that way? And it's because the boys are afraid. So it's this, this Ouroboros of misogyny reinforcing misogyny and just eating itself for the rest of time. When in reality, gender has nothing to do with 
with key with 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 the power that gives the robots well, that gives everything life but that powers the robots also um so like i don't know i just found it very like I think I think a lot of the stuff that reinforces and we hear this a lot in the West, right? We the thing that reinforces a lot of misogyny is quote unquote tradition, and I really liked seeing tradition kind of turned on its head here, being like, yes, sure, masculine energy, feminine energy, but why does it have to be such a strict assignment if even in the traditional ideology, there's a little bit of one in the other. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just mad. No, no. I mean, I think you're you're completely right. Like the book starts out with them learning about uh, a butterfly that starts as one gender and then can turn into another, right? Um, and the whole the whole book like is about, um, you know, or not maybe isn't about, but like has these themes of like transitioning and like you know, destroying gender roles and and not just gender roles, but like um, you know, romantic roles too. We're about to talk about the uh, the love triangle, but like this is a book that's like the way that we have done things has been bad and has led to death and suffering. Um, and why shouldn't we obliterate it all? It's 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 a very Gen Z book in that way, and I in in the best way I mean that right. It's it's got lots of big emotions and is trying to talk about big problems in the world, um, and and sees only one solution, which is to tear down the rotten foundation. Um, and you know maybe we should start seeing more fiction and um real world actions like that uh hard to say well i saw there's an interesting parallel too so i was watching um i love to watch youtube content on bad people i don't know why um but there is something interesting i've picked up on in recent years and i was watching a video on fucking matt gates of all people oh good um yeah, fuck that guy. We just hearty fuck you with that guy. But basically, um, I learned that his mother was, it was recommended that she terminate her pregnancy because she was in danger and she's actually in a wheelchair because of the way his, his little sister was born. And the way he phrases it is that his family let God decide. And I hear that rhetoric a lot. Especially, I don't know if, if you probably heard it in your upbringing. Yeah. To put put things in the hands of God. Um, but it's it's one of those things of like, you know, the girls in this book are dying preventable deaths. And I hear that kind of rhetoric a lot in terms of, like, women dying of preventable diseases, women dying in childbirth, because you're putting the decision in the hands of God. But another very interesting thing that Zotian says, and again, a lot of this is really Zotian just breaking the fourth wall and looking right at you and going, hey, fucker, don't you think? Um, but she says... Um, do you know how karma really works, Shimon? I snarl. It's not something that can be prayed into existence or counted on to fall from the sky. It has to be hand-delivered. And in terms of, like, um, spiritual beliefs and in terms of just, like, the way, I don't know, the way I operate, personally speaking, um, like, in terms of also spirituality, a lot of people... And again, I think you could speak to this better than I, but sometimes they will take things like spirituality or a system or the hand of God as permission to be passive when in fact your religious system, if you actually look at the text, encourages you to take action in order to quote unquote like spread the action of, of God or Christ yourself and to be 
you know, a good neighbor or whatever. Like you have mm-hmm. to take an active participation in not only preserving yourself, but preserving your your neighbors. But people like to instead be like, no, God will take care of that for me. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. And like, yeah, I just, I'm just very grateful that this book interrogates those sort of things and is trying to, you know, instill the idea that like, we do not always have to uh, exist in the world the way that it has been even, you know, uh, there's that famous Lagan quote, right? You know, the you know capitalism seems, um, you know, permanent, but like so did the divine right of kings. Like, it, we, I, I feel like we we should really have more energy like that in the world. Um, and and similarly, I, I think that we should have more examples of like, um, quote unquote, non-standard relationships. That's why I was so thrilled about the love triangle in this book, right? Where, yeah, no, right, not just. Um, you know, two people pining after one person and forcing them to choose, but, like, everybody fucks everyone. Um, and, like, I, you know, I'm a person that probably would not ever, you know, thrive in a polyamorous relationship. I'm too much of a wife guy. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> reinforcing that, Layla. <laughs> uh, Layla is sh- shaking her head at me behind the camera. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, li- I like my wife quite a lot. But um, I-, I think it is so, you know, this is a New York Times bestseller, Right, you know, like presumably a million kids have read this and been like, "Wait, what? <laughs> we could just we could just do that." And like, listen, maybe teens probably shouldn't be getting into poly relationships. I don't know. Maybe maybe get practice on the one before you all go out and do that. But like, I, I think it's really cool that we're instilling uh, ideas of non monogamy into into young people because like, you know why not that that is the quote that's gonna get picked up by fucking breitbart mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep i can see the protesters forming outside my apartment window as we speak uh uh good yeah no i think, just think it's neat um i think that we should you know we, we, we should not have so much dependence on like two people um being together right i think i think it's all about having an open conversation uh, in good faith about what kind of shit you went out of your relationship and that's what happens in this book and i hope that more young people you know read this book and are like yeah yeah um neat yeah uh it was really funny when the uh the boys were about to kiss in the kitchen and they're both looking at zetian and she's just staring at them and she's like kiss and she puts her hands up in the shape of a triangle <laughs> I was like, this rules. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, make out. I don't give a fuck. And to pull another quote, again, just very funny shit happens in this book. Um, if this were any other occasion, I'd be laughing. Perks of refusing to play by the rules. You don't have to choose between the boy who'd torture a man to death with you and the boy who'd welcome you back home with pastries after. And for the record, the boy making pastries is shimming. <laughs> Uh, no, opposite. it was it was it was Isha. Oh, was it? Shimming was the one torturing. Was it Tian? Oh, okay. I don't remember. I just read the book today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I believe you. I just I I thought it was Shimming. I thought that was much funnier. But no, it's, it's... He, you know, <laughs> listen, they can both learn how to bake. It's yeah. It's, they can they can take turns. It's all good. That's gender um, roles. I did have a poly panic reading this book where i was just like could i do that and then no no <laughs> i am no. not for you Mm-mm. couldn't be me i i support it that being said friends friends of mine out there people who know me personally uh if you motherfuckers enter a polycule like for example uh one holidays uh r- run around uh, i do 
you know, I get Aaron's wife uh, gifts nowadays because, you know, we're close enough friends that and also, you know, Aaron's wife and I are buds. Um, but, you know, I get them both gifts. If you motherfuckers enter a polycule, only you are getting a gift. <laughs> Do you fucking hear me? I am not supporting your whole fucking polycule. It is not happening. I'm not dealing with what happens when I pick a favorite in your polycule. Lord knows I am an excellent gift giver. I am not dealing with the jealousy of the rest of your polycule. It's not happening. It will just be you. You can do the work of providing me with your polycule's fucking dietary restrictions and you will get a tin of home-baked cookies from me. And I want you to be prepared for that to be the whole fucking holiday season. I am not doing gifts for an entire multifamily home. I think that's very fair. If you're fucking an entire American baseball team, like, listen, you, you can get the store-bought cookies. It's fine. <sighs> anyway, thanks for the excellent book. I had a great time. Yeah, no, I'm glad you liked it so much. I, I think this is the first recommendation um, that you've, like, really, really been so passionate about. So I'm very, very glad that this one really Oh, well, it makes me home. feel bad I put you through three games worth of bullshit <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, I'm gonna get you back uh, eventually. One of these days, I am gonna make you play, like, a fucking Total War, and you're like, wow, I shouldn't hang out with this guy. <laughs> no, I think, listen, if if our Christmas game of Catan was any indicator... <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I did, yeah, that's fair. Maybe that is... That's not true, that Catan game was, like, two hours long. Uh, Xenosaka was, like, 15 hours long. Oh, I'm, no, I'm saying I quite enjoyed our game of Catan. Oh, okay, good. Well, um, especially the one I won. <laughs> yeah, no, listen. Uh, it got very violent. It got very tense. Yeah, no. Catan's <laughs> a fucking aggro game. Um, um, great. <laughs> God, excellent. Um, Layla, when we are not uh, <laughs> uh, just having a lot of big feelings about board games and patriarchy, uh, where can people find us on the internet? You can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm kind of drawing, um, which is neat. I don't think I've written anything recently. I guess I might later. Aaron, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, uh, health policy, and writing stuff. Um, the other podcast I do is at The Bible Boys, where me and my two ex-evangelical friends talk about Christian media. Uh, we're going to talk about the superhero movie Constantine this week. That's a Josh pick. No idea yes. how that's going to go. Sounds um, like a Josh pick. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, the last week was the passion of the fucking Christ. So I think it can't statistically be worse than that. Um, so um, if that's if that's your thing of this Easter season, check us out. Um, our theme song is Obsolete, Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, how shall we send off Iron Widow? Well, Aaron, I know we just talked about the great media transgressions I've done against you, but I just want to remind you, you can't shoot me, I'm Central Command. And you can't shoot me, I'm rich. We'll see you all next week.